We have a Hebrew scripture reading for this morning. It's the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2, verses 4 to 8 and 12 to 13. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What wrong did your ancestors find in me that they went far from me and went after worthless things and became worthless themselves? They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness in a land of deserts and pits, in a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land that no one passes through, where no one lives? I brought you into a plentiful land to eat its fruits and its good things. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priests did not say, where is the Lord? Those who handled the law did not know me. The rulers transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and went after things that do not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, says the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug cisterns for themselves, crack cisterns that can hold no water. The word of the Lord. The New Testament reading for today is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 1 to 3, 5, and 15 to 16. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Through him, then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of the lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. The word of the Lord. I'm going to try and bring out these two texts together this morning, both the Jeremiah text and the Hebrews text, 
in this conversation. I'm not sure if occasionally you can flash one or the other on the screen. If that's possible, that'll be helpful. Let us pray. Gracious God, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts may be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock, you are our strength, and you are our redeemer. It is in the name of Jesus the Christ that we pray, and for his sake. Amen. The first image which I want to present to you comes from the book of Jeremiah and the very uh, last two verses that we read today. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and have dug cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that can hold no water. In the summer of 2016, I went back home to Montserrat for a while, small family reunion. I had a nephew of mine who lived most of his life in Boston, and he was there, so I could show him around and show him certain things. And one of the things that I was able to do was to tell him, it's going to rain. <laughs> because in the islands, you can see the, the rain coming over the water from the neighboring island, Antigua, you can see the rain as it moves all along and then it comes along the mountains and then it falls in the area where you are. And so people have an opportunity to rush outside and pick their clothes off the lines and all their laundry and take them in before it rains. That's a, it's an art form, right? <laughs> um, and he probably thought that I actually walked on water. <laughs> He's surprised that I could predict with precision when the rain would fall. But that was a, an island thing. Anguilla is another island in the Caribbean, and, but it is very, very flat. And Anguilla hardly gets any rain at all because there are no mountains to trap. Uh, and so people are actually having to build their homes with cisterns as part of the foundation. So if you're standing on the front porch, you might actually be standing on top of the, the system that gives water to the house. And here in California, of course, we know about water, the significance of water. We've experienced um, droughts, and we've, of course, we have both sides of it, don't we? We've seen the floods and uh, the deadly landslides that come with them. So we recognize the value of water. And so the image from Isaiah is somewhat, uh, maybe not familiar to everyone, but something we can relate to. Perhaps another image will be helpful. Think of, the, uh, um, of a fire hydrant that someone turns on during the summer. And all the children in the neighborhood run out to enjoy their very own fountain, gushing with water. It's cool. It's refreshing. In Jeremiah, God is like that, you see. It is God, the creator of the universe, who led the children of Israel through the wilderness, who gave them food, 
who instructed Moses to strike the rock so the water may gush out for the people to drink their own little fire hydrant, so to speak. And here in the prophet Jeremiah, God is the fountain of living water. God who is right there in their midst is the fountain of that is gushing with water. <clears throat> right there in their midst, God is the one who is the life-giving water. <clears throat> and so the people had every opportunity to be nourished, to be renewed, to be sustained at the fountain of living water. Instead, we are told by the prophet that they, they walked away from it. They preferred to build their own cisterns, maybe from papyrus or the bark of a tree, what today might, you might call you know, paper and cardboard boxes. Building a cistern, imagine, of wood where the planks don't fit together so well or building with sand, with very little cement to hold it together, they walked away from the fountain of life, the fountain of water, to build themselves these things, cisterns that cannot hold water. Sometimes in the prophetic tradition, God is portrayed as a plaintiff in a courtroom. In some cases, God is that injured spouse, that injured party. And so it is here in Jeremiah. God enters the courtroom as the aggrieved party. In the beginning of chapter 2, God is introduced as a spouse. Thus says the Lord, writes Jeremiah, I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride. Those were the good old days, weren't they? When Israel followed in the wilderness, you were holy then, says the good book. They were holy. We know what that means, right? Consecrated. Dedicated, like everything in this place has been consecrated. The baptismal font, the organ, the altar, the piano, every piece has been consecrated and dedicated and set apart for the glory of God. That's what the prophet is saying. In the good old days, you were holy, set apart, consecrated. But now, you have forsaken me. My people have forsaken me. Me, the fountain of living water. The spouse is now a plaintiff in the courts, aggrieved, making a case. Have you ever had your heart broken? Do you know the pain of a broken heart? 
I mean, if you listen carefully, that's what you hear in Jeremiah. You hear the cry, you feel the grief, and you see the tears. Thus says the Lord, what wrong, what wrong did your ancestors find in me when they went away from me and went after worthless things and became worthless themselves? What of your rulers who went away from me? What about the priests who strayed from me? What about those who were to handle the law and handle holy things? The Levites who were to serve in the temple? What about what have I done? A grieved lover, spouse, now plaintiff against. The people. What about us today? Do we come with gratitude to the fount of life? Are you thankful for the fountain of life giving water? Or have you turned your back? Have you walked away? Have you forsaken? Have you constructed for yourselves cisterns that cannot hold water? Think about the ways in which we live in the world. Do we prefer systems of personal destruction? Are we more invested in those rabid ways of communication that rip people apart, that tear us from each other, that push others to the margins? Is our social or cultural or even political identity more important to us than our Christian identity? How are we building systems that cannot hold water? Do we squander time and resources? Are our cracked systems those things that keep us from investing in our families and our Friends, Do we hide behind our work projects or social media, shopping? You say, preacher, how have we forsaken the fountain of living water? Well, I'm glad you asked. We have walked away from the life giving water, the water of our baptism. You remember the promise of our baptism? To renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness and reject the evil powers of this world. Have we done that? To accept the freedom and power God gives to resist evil, to resist injustice, to resist oppression. Have we done that? In our baptismal vows, we made the promise to confess, to confess Jesus, to trust in God's grace, to serve in union with the church, uh, with Christ, which, which Christ has opened to all ages, all nations, and all races. When we build cracked cisterns, we walk away from the fountain of life, the giver of life, 
Indeed, we walk away from life itself. There's a wonderful image that comes from poetry in the book of Acts that is fundamental to our Christian theology. The belief that it is in God, in God, that we live and move and have our being. Which is to say that there is no existence outside of God. For it is in God that we live and move and have our being. Any attempt to live outside of God is futile. Because there can be no life, no real life, no true life outside of God. It's like a fish trying to get out of water. Outside of God, there is no existence. It is God who renews our lives every day, you see. Because every day, God touches the creation with the divine finger of mercy. And every day our eyes are opened to greet the virgin light of a new day. Every morning we are reminded that we are the recipients of the great and precious gift, the gift of life, a gift from the fountain of life. Every morning, my friends, with the rising sun to herald the dawn of a new day, we are able to celebrate God's great gift of life. A gift of life from the fountain of life. God's gift to creation, God's gift to humanity. Nothing compares to this gift of life. Amen? Oh, we may not have everything we want. Our families may be falling apart. Our health may be failing. We may have pain in our hearts and tears in our eyes and burdens to bear. Yet in spite of all of these painful realities, every one of us this morning will have to confess that it is a joy, it is a privilege, it is a blessing to be alive. Amen, somebody. Because life must be cherished, you see. Life is a blessing. Life, it has its grave mistakes, but it also has its great mercies. Life has its complex problems, but it also has its infinite possibilities. Life has its stubborn obstacles, but it also has its awesome opportunities. How can we do anything but draw near to the fountain of life, the giver of life, the giver of eternal gladness? Well, perhaps we may find a few words of guidance in what we read in those first verses from the book of Hebrews. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though, they, as though you were in prison with them. Those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. You see, this is a call, my friends, to compassion. We draw near to the fountain of life. 
when we live compassionate lives. Our cisterns are repaired. Our cisterns are replenished when we are open to the divine life and divine work that can take place in our lives, in our hearts. We begin with honoring what is life-giving within us, and that's love and grace and compassion. We honor what is life-giving within us. Amen? God is calling forth all that is wholesome in us so that we are able to go into a broken world and participate in the mending and the repair and the building of the world so that it may be on earth as it is in heaven. God is calling us to live lives with such uh, compassion and care and love and grace that we are able to look beyond the faults of your brother and see the full worth of your brother. God is calling us to live in such a way that we can look beyond the problems of your sister and see the pain of your sister. God is calling us to live in such a way that we can look beyond the wrongs of your neighbor and see the wounds or woundedness of your neighbor. Amen? So let us leave here today with the commitment to return to God. Return to God, the fountain of living water, the fountain of life. And may you be so convicted in your hearts as you, and, and your eyes become open to see the ones whose heart is broken for you. Indeed, your spouse, your lover, stands as a plaintiff in the courtroom. The God of heaven and earth is the one whose heart is broken for you. The one who wants to give you life, but you've walked away to build cisterns that can't even hold water when there is water gushing up on the other side. I think of that, that wo- the words of, of Jesus to the woman at Samaria as they sat at the well. If you knew the one who was speaking to you, you would have asked, and he would have given you living water gushing up unto eternal life. That's what's available to every one of us today. The one who wants to do nothing more than embrace us and give us life and give us joy and give us hope and give us a future. The one who stands at the door and knocks. The one who is the giver of life, who sees your hopes and your dreams and your fears and your aspirations and your hopes. The one who is the fountain of life, who knows your anxieties and your aspirations. The fountain of living water. The one who can look beyond your faults and see your needs. And if you get nothing else from this sermon this morning, may you leave here 
with the blessed assurance bubbling up in your spirit and bubbling up in your heart that there is life-giving water available to you. Amen? Oh, your systems may be cracked right now, but there is abundant life and abundant water available. Life-giving water. Water springing up within you. Water springing up into everlasting life. May it be so. And may that be your experience every time you walk through these doors that you may remember the baptismal waters, the fountain of water, the fountain of life. Amen.